Hello, America. Welcome to the Ryan Mack Show. I'm your host, Ryan McKenzie. Today's episode is episode eight, and I wanted to discuss um, something that's been passed in Illinois. Uh, if you haven't noticed what's going around the country with large cities and crime running rampant, um, policies in those cities and states are run by Democrats under Democrat control for decades. Um, as inflation has spiked, um, Biden administration has done nothing to offer answers for help, and the mayors and governors in those states have ruined their states and cities. Um, crime is on a record pace in some of these cities. Uh, if you knew, if you look at New York, New York City specifically spiked. Uh, L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland. Detroit, all cities having major criminal crime issues. Uh, you look at Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, those cities are off the charts with a crime spike um, as a result of Democrat policies that are soft on crime. Now, the difference between um, just being soft on crime and just being lazy is who you have as DA and state's attorneys and governors who enforce the law. If you look at some of the conservative states around the country, they respect law and order and they will criminalize every uh, level of crime committed uh, they will arrest you and they will prosecute you um, Chicago, New York LA used to be once shining cities but because of the crime wave as a result of Democrat run policies you're seeing people be less safe, and there, you see businesses moving out. You see people moving out of these states and cities. They just we, the American people have had enough in these areas that they decide not to prosecute crime. Um, and it goes back to just the simplest things: um, the broken window policy under Giuliani when he was mayor of uh, New York. A break-in window, a break-in, results in more severe crimes and offenses. If you stop the little offenses, you end up deterring much more serious and heinous offenses. And it goes on and on. Um, but for those of you here in Illinois, you may have not known about a law. If you haven't, you should be hearing it by now. Um, an act that was passed in 2021, signed by J.B. Pritzker, who is a staunch defender of this, despite having 100 out of 102 um, county prosecutors and sheriff's departments uh, step up and, and sue him for this. This is unconstitutional what he signed. Um, and two debates, the one that I went to live and the one I witnessed last night on TV, um, he, again, had a chance to say that he can make changes in lieu of... Um, keeping it in place and he doubled down in fact he doubled down on saying that he defends it and it's darren bailey who is the one who is defunding police so nevertheless if you understand what these acts and policies the democrats call they name it one thing and it really means the polar opposite if you give an example uh biden administration when they signed the inflation reduction act into law um they named it Inflation Reduction because they said spending money and billions and billions of dollars more would, in fact, lower inflation. And what that's going to do is the exact opposite. It's going to create more inflation, what they did. 
and it's no different here with this uh, supposed safety act that was signed by J.B. Pritzker. And at first glance, it says safety, right? You're supposed to be safe. It's an acronym that I don't remember what it's called, but um, they called it Safety Act. And believe me, when I break it down here and show you some of the, the, the things that are in it, it is not going to help Illinois stay safe. In fact, it's going to make Illinois one of the worst states to live in as far as crime if we don't stop this. Um, now, it has to be repealed in its entirely. When you talk about ending cash bail, it's going to be a nightmare. You've seen that in New York City. You've seen that in L.A. Crime is spiked when they can't deter somebody from committing a crime. And the lies about J.B. spreading it as um, last night uh, as keeping the criminals and keeping people by, by the rich people out of, out of jail. That is not what is happening. Um, it takes the power out of judicial uh, justice's hands and puts it into um, Kwame, Kwame Raoul, the uh, state's attorney. And if you're a woke state's attorney or you're a leftist, you're going to have your hands all over on these criminal cases, and you're going to more often than not release them. So that's what's happening on the Safety Act. So according to the Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police, this is a brief summary of what was updated on the act and what is supposed to take place in this act. Uh, as of May 2021 and July 2021, uh, a review of qualified immunity this um, is the Constitutional Rights and Remedies Act. This will create a task force to review and reform qualified immunity. Um, the Illinois ACP has a seat at this task force. Uh, members of the task force must be appointed within 30 days of July 1st. However, task force report is due May 1st, 2021, which seems to conflict with the effective date of July 1st. So, they've had some issues with that. What that means is qualified immunity. Police officers um, are no longer going to be protected um, from uh, civilized civil suits. Um, that's a problem because qualified immunity protects them from frivolous lawsuits. Um, and this act seeks to review and possibly remove qualified immunity from police officers. Uh, also effective July 2021, 20, the Death and Custody Act requires agencies to report um, to the ICJIA um, when a person dies while in custody or as the result of peace officers' use of force. That's on page 6 of the Act. Okay. Uh, next, uh, Community Law Enforcement and Other First Responder Partnership for Deflection and Substance Abuse Disorder Treatment Act. This will prioritize funding for deflection programs in certain communities and expands definition of deflection programs and adds to the list of subjects for which law enforcement agencies must be trained. Required areas of training. Neuroscience of addiction for law enforcement. Medication-assisted treatment. Um, and there's another list here. Criminogenic risk need for health and safety. Why drug treatment works. Eliminating stigma for people with substance use disorders and mental health. Avoiding racial bias and deflection program. Oh, here's another one. Here's a good one. Promotion promotion of racial and gender equity and deflection. Working with community partnerships and deflection in rural communities. 
Uh, I'm not sure all those fancy terms there, but you see diversity, equity, and inclusion, and gender equity popping up in policing. That's a problem. Um, Attorney General Act allows the AG to conduct investigations to pursue civil action against officers. Uh, maintain police misconduct records permanently. Uh, all records related to complaints, investigations, and adjudications. Mental health screenings for officers, um, which seems basic, requires that law enforcement training and standards board to establish statewide minimum standards regarding regular mental health screenings for probationary and permanent police officers, page 68. New requirements and curriculum for probationary officers include CIT, role-playing, use of force, and high-risk traffic stops. Uh, next, it, next headline is new mandatory training requirements every three years. Uh, requires 30 hours of training every three years and specifies the content. Uh, of at least 12 hours of hands-on scenario-based role-playing, uh, at least six years of on use of force, including de-escalation techniques, specific training on the law concerning stops, searches, and the use of force, uh, i.e. the Fourth Amendment, specific training on officer safety techniques, including cover, concealment, and time uh, of at least six hours of high-risk traffic stops. So, uh, the next is CIT curriculum. Uh, requires standard curriculum of 40 hours with certain specific items. Um, body cam video review. This will remove authorization for recording officers to review um, their own body camera prior to completing incident reports. Uh, also, additional monthly reporting on mental health crisis and use of force to Illinois State Police. Uh, and this includes a report on any incident where law enforcement officers were dispatched to deal with a person experiencing a mental health crisis or incident, including the number of incidents, the law, the level of law enforcement response, and the outcome of each incident. Uh, a report on use of force, including any actions that result in death or serious bodily injury of a person. Uh, the, at the discharge of a weapon or at or in the direction of a person. Okay, the list goes on. Uh, military equipment, restoration of driving privileges. Um, this, this one's a big one because it requires the Secretary of State to rescind suspension of a person's driver's license if the suspension was due to failure to pay uh, any traffic fine or penalty or similar reasons. So they rescind the suspension of person's driver's license due to failure to pay. So you you get your license suspended, and then if you f fail to pay because you can't um, or you just don't, then that gives discretion to Secretary of State to rescind the suspension, and you can get your driver's license back even though it was suspended, and then you just forgot to pay your fine because you can't. That's wrong because you're never going to learn your lesson. Uh, use of force restrictions. Now, I'm all for reforming um, the use of force policy, but to an extent. This entails a lengthy section that amends when an officer can use force, a deadly force, and requires officers in some situations not to pursue a fleeing offender defines such terms as deadly force, imminent threat, and totality of the circumstances. 
uh, prohibits certain kinds of force. Restraint above the shoulders that can use that can cause asphyxiation. Kinetic projectiles targeted the head, pelvis, or back. Kinetic projectiles into a crowd and use of chemical agents in certain situations. Now, those are some of the most basic things they use that are non-lethal that officers will use to deter them using their gun in a situation. I'm not sure why that is being taken away or restricted. Um, duty to intervene and duty to render aid. So this requires officers to render medical aid and mandates an affirmative duty to intervene to stop or prevent another peace officer in his or her presence from using an unauthorized use of force or force that exceeds decree of force permitted under the law. So, in other words, an example, this will enforce and require the officers um, who were around the group with the George Floyd situation. Uh, they were eventually held liable as a reason for not going in and assisting um, the kneeling um, George Floyd's throat. Uh, but this requires officers to take the next level. Hey, get off of him, or you know, you're using too much force. So I, that one is, a, I guess, a hit or miss. I guess I could see where other officers could be held more accountable when they're in together. Um, law enforcement misconduct. Now this states, uh, an officer commits misconduct or for misrepresenting or withholding information about another officer's conduct, or if the officer fails to comply with the provisions of the body-worn camera statute or department policy requiring the use of um, the BWC. Uh, three phone calls within three hours. Uh, this is a new one. Mandates that an arrestee has the right to three phone calls within three hours of being taken into custody to communicate with an attorney and family members free of charge and allows the arrestee to access their own cell phone for contact numbers. Further requires that this information be posted on a sign. That's not something minor. Uh, No-knock warrants. This is a big one. Uh, this allows for no-knock warrants if the interaction is recorded or if body-worn cameras are in use. Um, effective January 2022, the certification, new certification and decertification provisions. Um, that just goes into certification review panel and discretion-based certifications. Um, that is discretionary. Um, some of it can require for ethics, perjury, that kind of thing. Um, requires officers to verify compliance. That So that's just minor. That's all certification. Um, now, going from 2022 to 2025, mandatory body cameras. Body cameras becoming mandatory for agencies as follows. Municipalities and counties with a population of 500,000 or more, January of this year, 2022. Municipalities of, and counties with a population of 100,000 or more, but under 500,000, January 2023. Municipalities and counties with a population of 50,000 or more, but under 100,000, January 2024. Uh, municipalities and counties with a population under 50,000, January 1st, 2025. Um, and that just results in body cameras for departments, depending on the population. Uh, effective January 1st, 2023. So here's the ones that have made social media memes and posts that Facebook deemed fake 
or not true. But here's the problem. It's it's not fake. And these are some of the things that take effect coming January that people started having issues with because this is some of the ones that takes the hands off approach and takes the power out of the judges and places it at the attorney general's level. And they can just go, nope, he's good. How many people are released committing a crime in Illinois and then go reoffend same crime or worse after being released on no cash bail recently? This has been a problem. And there's a website I'm going to get to in a minute that you can see. I'm going to give you examples of people who J.B. Pritzker has deemed worthy of being let out only to commit offenses again and again and again. So you can see this is going to be a problem. This is why you don't vote Democrat. Um, so aside from those things above, January 1st, 2023, underlying offense for obstructing. New here uh, because the corrected date. This adds the requirement that a person shall not be subject to arrest for, quote, resisting or obstructing a peace officer, unquote, unless there is an underlying offense for which the person was initially subject to arrest. So simply resisting an officer, no longer subject to being arrested. That is absolutely ridiculous because how many times do you see these officer-involved shootings uh, become worse because simply the person involved with a crime that the officer is dealing with become belligerent and uh, obstructing justice. So now in Illinois, according to this new act, the Safety Act, which is no longer a safety act, no longer safe, uh, this states that you can't be arrested for obstructing police, which is a big one. Okay, so the next one, citation in lieu of custodial arrest, uh, mandates that law enforcement shall issue a citation in lieu of custodial arrest upon proper identification for those accused of traffic offenses, class B and class C criminal misdemeanor offenses who pose no threat to the community or any person. In other words, discretion. Um, instead of, I think, um, what they used to do with sting operations for selling alcohols to a minor or establishments and retail with that, um, instead of getting arrested or um, getting a fine right then and there, they just give you a ticket from now and let the, and let the state's attorney handle it. Some of those situations would happen more common. That That's some of the minor things. Uh, anonymous complaints, the next one, allows any person to file. Um, with the ILETSB, an anonymous complaint against a police officer. That comes into play when you have when you talk about removing qualified immunity. They can just go off of any complaint, regardless of how uh, substantiated it is. Uh, bail reform. Now, here is the big one that people have the most problem with because this is going to turn Illinois uh, into New York, L.A., San Francisco. This is going to make sure that judges have less discretion on with, um, holding people on release. And they don't like bad words like bail or bail bond. Uh, bail reform is the biggest kick here. So cash bail goes away. And we've seen the effects of that if you look no further than New York City. Cash bail, people are getting released uh, the next day after a, a heinous crime committed and then reoffending. Um, and it's absolutely going to keep communities unsafe, despite what J.B. Pritzker says. Uh, this act is going to destroy 
the safety of Illinois and keep Illinoisans less safe. So despite all the pandering to this bill and the propping up of this act that's going to make Illinois more safe, he is absolutely bold-faced lying. It is not going to do any of that whatsoever. So in this bail reform, quote, bail gives way to pretrial release. See, they, they go woke. They hate these words. Bail. That means bad. Uh, replaces all references to the word bail, bail bond, or conditions of bail to be construed construed as pretrial release or conditions of pretrial release. So all this entails eliminates monetary bail. Now Pritzker alluded to this, something like this in the debate last night with, with Darren. Uh, he tried to make it up that Republicans, including Darren, want to buy their way and by the way, for their buddies to be out of jail. And that is just not the case. It's not true. All this does is a cover-up to say that you get a release, you get a release, you get a release, you get a release. This is JB's way of saying that nobody can be a, a detained for more than a day because he thinks that poor people should be able to you know, get out of jail for free, um, not be held on bail. Uh, so this eliminates monetary bail. All persons charged with a criminal offense shall be eligible for pretrial release before conviction. Pre-trial release may only be denied when a defendant is charged with a specific offense listed in the criminal code or has a likelihood of willful flight after the court has held a hearing. <clears throat> Why do I believe that the, the courts in Illinois are going to let this fly a lot more than they should? This means that people who commit a, a crime and if they deem them not uh, a flight risk, or they deem no threat to society, they're going to release them the next day, uh, right out of the street again. So regardless of what crime they commit, what Democrats can say that this is going to allow judges more discretion, it's actually going to take them less, have them less discretion. It's going to be released without even anything thought about it. Uh, requires consideration of safety of the crime victim. This is another lengthy section with many implications. Details are not in this document. So there's a new section from 2023 to 2025, the initial verification form for compliance and certification. So again, more certification compliance. Okay. So you have there the brief summary according to the Illinois Chiefs of Police Association. So not a very lengthy document you can read the act more um, on the illinois state website you can go there read more about it but folks i just want to tell you that this law is going to make illinois crime capital of the united states uh, if you think of chicago's crime problems now this illinois safety act that was passed and and praised and doubled down on by jb even though they said that he could make amendments and changes it's going to make Illinois a very unsafe place, no matter where you live, <clears throat> even in small towns and uh, central and so southern part of the state, outside of the big urban areas. Um, people are going to take it to the suburbs, and it's going to become a problem. So whenever you get a chance, continue to talk to your representatives, your state senators, and continue to harass um, J.B. Pritzker. We have three weeks until Election Day. People in Illinois need to understand that Democrats do not have your best interest, especially on safety. One of the hallmarks of um, the American people and people in Illinois is that they are the most willing to put up with certain things. 
But I think one area we can agree on is that safety is probably one of the more important aspects of what we um, think of in terms of living. You know, you want to make sure that you you can go outside of your house and not have to worry about being mugged or picked off or raped or shot at. Um, and this law makes it so that even in a small town USA, right here in central Illinois, you may not be as safe anymore with some of these criminals that are released the day after being arrested. This makes police officers' jobs that much more difficult. Um, and it's 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 scary to think about that even um, living in a central Illinois small town, that it may eventually not be okay to go out after dark because some of the crime happening in the bigger cities leads to the smaller towns. Um, so please, please, please vote November 8th. And the voting is already going on right now. But this act can be repealed by a change in governorship. It can be repealed and amended um, if we fight to have enough people in the Illinois House and State Senate. So please, please, please vote. Um, so with that, um, with a brief description here of the Safety Act, which is not safe, but, but and Democrats have a problem with this. They name bills and policies that do the exact opposite. And it's almost funny to read them because it's getting old to the point where they don't, they don't even hide it. They're lying about what they say anymore. Uh, so now I want to get to another article that's related to this. I gave you the brief summary according to the Chiefs, Illinois Chiefs Association. It's kind of a brief overline of what the Safety Act entails. Okay, so some of that stuff is procedural. Some of it is some of it's common sense, but the bail reform is the biggest thing. No cash bail. This turns Illinois immediately into one big cesspool of crime, uh, more so than it already is, stemming from the pandemic and other issues that Democrats continue to cause. Uh, so there's an article, and you've probably heard it on some of the other radio shows, um, but it is from Wirepoints and Ted Dabrowski, which uh, J.B. Prisker said was a um, carnival barker at the first debate uh, when they brought this article up. Um now there are there have been very um, few proponents of this outside Democrats. Okay, not many Republicans and conservatives in the state of Illinois uh, consider this a win, a plus. Um, but I don't know Ted Dabrowski. I don't know much about Wirepoints. I read some of their articles, and they're pretty fair on their coverage of certain things taking place. And this one's spot on with some of the issues with talks about the Safety Act. Okay. Uh, so he goes on to talk about proponents of the Illinois Safety Act claim that the law's provisions to end cash bail will make Illinoisans more safe once these provisions are implemented beginning January 1st, 2023. They claim that the new law will give judges more discretion. What I just mentioned earlier, that's not the case. So this kind of, they say, they Democrats make this claim that it's going to be more uh, safe due to the judge's ability to detain dangerous criminal uh, suspects. They also make the case that the law poses no problem for the state's many jurisdictions concerned that they'll have to release what could total thousands of potentially dangerous defendants on January 1st as a result of the elimination of bail. So along with the release of bail, you have a wave of people coming out of jails and prisons in Illinois because of this no bail. 
not prisons, sorry, jails. Um, and that is a wave of people may or may not. I'm not saying all people that will be released will commit more crime, but the recidivism rate for um, criminals in any city, state, uh, municipality, country, uh, tends to go higher because generally, uh, the more criminal activity you will be a part, you are a part of, the more crime you will commit. So the recidivism rate is generally higher, um, regardless of how many crimes you've you've committed. Um, so he goes on to say, Ted goes on to say that none of the proponents' claims are true, and they're not. He's right. Uh, a detailed analysis by Wirepoint of the Safety Act's provisions to end cash bail and soften pretrial detention rules finds that the changes to be reckless as a matter of law and dangerous to the residents of Illinois. Now, he lays out six uh, major areas of concerns, and I want you to pay close attention to these six, and I posted it on my Facebook page, this article as well, so you guys can read it and go through it too. But these are six ways um, in which directly disprove the claims made by the Democrats and J.B. Pritzker. Uh, the number one, the Safety Act, uh, ends cash bail abruptly without offsetting mitigations to keep victims in the public safe. Yeah, that's a big one. Number two, almost entirely eliminates judicial discretion except for a few enumerated crimes. Again, when they claim that judges have more discretion to keep people detained um, if their offenses are deemed serious, that's just not true. It's going to take that power out of judicial discretion. Number three, creates a class of dangerous crimes that are non-detainable, increasing the overall risk to the public. Once again, more people on the streets for crimes that you can't detain involves more crimes committed. When you have more criminals on the streets, there are potential for more crimes to be committed because you're not detaining for those crimes anymore. People are going to be emboldened because they can't, uh, they can't be detained, so they're going to do more crime. It's just a revolving door. When they know, and he's got these people that are low lives that continue to be in jail for any petty crime, if they know that they can't be detained and they'll be released the next day, they'll go do it again. Take, for instance, California. Look what they're happening in California in the retail sector. People are walking in and out of stores with thousands of dollars of items because they're not being prosecuted. You emboldened a whole other population of criminal activity when you don't deter them by arresting them and making sure they don't commit it again. You have to create a deterrence for crime. You have to prosecute it. Uh, so number four, this uh, will remove the, quote, threat to the community standard from the new law, rendering many crimes virtually non-detainable. So when you can't be detained for said crime, the communities are no longer safe. And there's no threat to the community from the new law because someone can come onto my property, just pull up a chair and have a seat, and they can't be, they can't be taken off my property because if they're not criminal, if they're not uh, violently attacking me, and I just tell them to leave, they literally can pop up a chair and sit there and hang out on my property. I can tell you right now that's not going to happen. You know, that the Bongino rant this morning on his, on his show, if you missed it, the whole Biden thing of F around to find out. He's, a lot of these Democrats are about to find out what happens when you F around, and it's getting real. Uh, number five, 
makes proving a high likelihood of willful flight nearly impossible, rendering many crimes effectively non-detainable. Uh, again, they are going to be flight risks, and they're just going to use discretion to go, oh, it's okay, he could probably just walk. He's not going to hurt anybody, he's just smoking some weed. Again, non-detainable offenses that they're not going to prosecute means the community is going to be less safe. Uh, number six, makes likely the release of thousands of alleged criminals on January 1st. Again, a big one because when you create an act in which you decriminalize or make less serious these offenses that were originally detained and you hold them with bail, if you cut that provision, guess what? Now you're going to have thousands of people out of jail and it's going to be a nightmare. For law enforcement in our communities in the state. So their analysis uh, is thoroughly based on just what I did earlier, reading of the law and conversations with various lawmakers, state's attorneys, and other officials. The fact that there are 100 out of 102 counties officials, state's attorneys, and multiple sheriff's offices that are signing on, including McLean County, where I live, signing on to this lawsuit naming J.B. Pritzker, Kwame Raul, defendant. It shows you how much that this is going to do to this state. This is going to ruin Illinois, and it's going to make it less safe to live here. Uh, it's, no di it's, it's not that hard to figure out through conversations that they've had. Um, the analysis is, by all means, they said not to be comprehensive, but the provision is complex, and the law is ambiguous in many areas. So their analysis was just a, kind of a brief overview of what they felt. Okay, So, uh, going back to number one, it ends cash bail. So there's little argument, Ted says, that uh, the state's cash bail system has its limitations and problems, but the replacement of the state's long-standing system has been shoddily done, without debate, resulting in even less public safety. Ta-da! Okay, number two, again, under current law, judges have the ability to require cash bail for certain alleged criminals. Cash bail is the middle ground used to get compliance with pretrial release conditions as an incentive to return to court. That's what this whole idea of cash bail is to do. That limits judicial discretion, like they said. Okay, uh, and, and it's... It just really boggles my mind how this could have gotten passed, but only in Illinois. Um, so the judicial discretion is almost certainly eliminated, except under a few enumerated crimes. Um, basically, let out their own recognizance. That's what it includes. Uh, so this is an example that Ted gives regarding number two. Uh, under current law, Judges have broad discretion to require bond for a defendant charged with aggravated DUI, a Class 4 felony. It's not included in the offenses listed in Section 110.6.1. But, here's the but, under the Safety Act, that same defendant can't be detained at all. Remember those social media posts about what the Safety Act um, non-detainable offenses are for the coming of the year? January 1st, this is one of them. Aggravated DUI can't be detained. You hear that? Can't be detained. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, 
It's the same for other Class 4 felonies and most misdemeanors. It, it's absolutely ridiculous how this can be deemed constitutional or allowed to exist. Uh, he goes on to, to detail under number three, there are dangerous, non-attainable crimes under the Act. So this Act made more non-attainable crimes. Uh, for a defendant to be even be detained, he must be charged with an offense. So more specifically, the language in this Act allows for only non-probationable, forcible felonies to be detained. This includes first-degree murder, home invasion, armed robbery, a residential burglary. The defendant has a specific, real, and present threat to any person in the community. While the rest of the act, he says, can give the impression that other categories of dangerous crimes are detainable, the practical reality is that many of them are simply non-detainable. He's right. He's absolutely right. Ted's spot on. This analysis is spot on. This makes it really more dangerous when you create a whole other line of crimes and def- and offenses based on uh, what makes somebody non-detainable. Um, it adds more crimes going through the pretrial process. Um, so for probational offenses, he says, when he describes, defendants charged with uh, such crimes can only be detained only if it can be shown they have a, quote, high likelihood of willful flight. Again, it's muddled, but those crimes must include aggravated batteries, burglaries, robberies, or arson. Uh, so, again, unless there's all these different factors going on, you cannot be detained. Um, Ted goes on to explain that given nearly that it's impossible for prosecutors to prove that such defendants are a danger to specific people, um, the reality is that such crimes are, for all practice purposes, non-detainable. It really makes most crimes they are going under this law unattainable. I, I just I don't know how more I can understand that this is going to be a disaster for Illinois. I, I'm trying to get this out there as much as I can, and uh, others on the local radio stations have made this more uh, known. But this this act will ruin Illinois. Absolutely. It has to be repealed. You have to stop voting Democrat. Democrats create these laws thinking it will do the opposite of what they're going to do. They do not care about anyone but their own self-interest. And more often than not, in this era of soft on crime, tough on police, uh, Democrats completely are careless when it comes to victims and the people um, that are law-abiding. They want criminals to run rampant. That's when you have chaos. Chaos creates control. Remember that. Chaos breeds control. Oh, I'm from the government. I can fix it. Just vote for us again. Don't. Don't give in to them. Don't vote for them. Don't buy into this BS. Ted goes on to explain, number four, um, earlier, removal of the threat of the community standard. So the standard is if you're a threat to the community. This is basically removed because there's no threat to the community because these crimes can't be detained. They're not detainable. So under current law, judges can broadly determine the dangerousness of the individuals that are committing these crimes. And under the Safety Act, that is not happening. So they assess their threats to the community, person or person, class of persons. 
Now, under the Safety Act, that strikes out that language. Judges don't have the discretion. Beginning January 1st, prosecutors will have to prove for most crimes that a defendant is a threat to a specific person or persons, not to the community at large, in order to detain said defendant. Proving defendant is a threat to a specific person or persons could nearly be impossible for some crimes. The only set of crimes where the, quote, threat to a community will still apply going forward is non-probational forcible offenses and felonies. Now, number five, quote, a high likelihood of willful flight is nearly impossible to prove, rendering many crimes non-detainable. That's the language in the Safety Act. The high likelihood of willful flight, nearly impossible to prove, rendering many crimes non-detainable. Remember that. Willful flight means planning or attempting to intentionally evade prosecution by concealing oneself. Hmm. If only they were doing that already in this country. Oh, wait, they're doing it at the southern border. Man. So, now that they're not a flight risk, uh, they cannot be detained either. Uh, This language ties prosecutors' hands in two major ways. One, it requires them to prove intent to flee, something that's almost impossible. Again, he said, Ted's spot on. Second, he says that the law forces prosecutors to ignore a defendant's previous non-appearances in court. Oh, taking a... Taking away a key piece of evidence that could prove, quote, willful flight. And number six, Ted goes on to explain that thousands of alleged criminals criminals could be released on January 1st. This act, when it ends cash bail, will make it the, the detention of potentially dangerous defendants far more difficult. It has prompted state's attorneys across the state to warn they'll have to let a large number of criminals out who are currently being held on bond come January 1st. Example, Will County State's Attorney Jim Glasgow says that in a Collar Counties alone, four to 5,000 defendants will be released. Did you catch that? 5,000 people to be released come January 1st just in the collar counties alone. Ridiculous. This act clearly and unequivocally abolishes cash bail as of January 1st. Quote, on or after January 2023, the requirement of posting uh, monetary bail is abolished. This law contains no grandfather language for those currently being held for failing to post bail. So, in opposition to closing, he says it's both widespread and bipartisan. Of course, I, met, I outlined it earlier. Uh, one of the 102 state's attorneys who are opposed to ending cash bail system, um, and that includes both Republican and Democrat state's attorneys. And he goes on to say many many independent lawsuits by state's attorneys have been filed. Yeah, they, they've been filed. Uh, for any extra evidence supporting our criticisms above, check out the legislation proposed by State Senate Scott Bennett, Democrat Champaign. So I thought Ted did a very good job of analysis on 
the flaws of this law. Folks, this is a an act that, again, will make Illinois very unsafe, and it's already been signed into law. It can be repealed, but it's going to make Illinois less safe. Um, crime is rampant, and as Ted points out in this Wirepoints article, the flaws are real. So despite what JB and Democrats in the state will have you believe, um, the Safety Act is not going to make Illinois more safe. Tune in next week when I'm going to elude to something else along the election front here in Illinois, and that is Amendment 1. It's going to be a disaster for taxpayers and the control of unions in the state. A lot more fun. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Facebook at The Ryan Mac Show and wherever you get your podcast. See ya.